Welcome to Steve's Rules, a periodic podcast featuring Steve Nelson, Executive Principal at McCormick Group in the Law and Government Affairs practice. My name is Marie Coffey, and I am the Principal of M. Coffey, a law firm marketing and business development boutique. For more information, please visit my website at mcoffee.net. Steve has been an executive recruiter for nearly three decades, and without naming names, he is ready to spill the tea on best practices and maybe a few not-so-best practices by firms and candidates that he has seen during his career recruiting some of the most driven and successful professionals into highly profitable and growing firms. Steve is a former lawyer and journalist and is a fellow of the College of Law Practice Management and a proud son of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Full transparency here, Steve has helped my career immensely through the years and has become something of a career shaman to me, and I know many others. All right, well, we are back for another edition of Steve's Rules with with legendary recruiter Steve Nelson. Steve, how are you today? Good, how are you doing? I'm all right. I will tell you that the uh, uh, ambient air temperature here in Dallas is just two degrees shy of what is legally allowed for a dry sauna at your gym. So it's, it's a, it's a scorcher. Yeah. We got a respite this way after we had one of these, the freak storms, which knocked our power out for, I saw that. Yeah. Um, we, this, uh, we're now in the eighties. It's uh, the nicest day we've had since the middle of May. So. All right. Well, um, that's, uh, that's great. We're moving into the, we're moving into the, to the final round of the summer here and hopefully we'll all get to some, decent weather uh come uh, come the fall but what i'm focused on today is what's going on in the lateral recruiting market we're going to talk about two different subjects today we're going to start out with a bit of a a, a market snapshot uh from steve and his team and then we're going to go into a pretty interesting uh conversation i think about uh dreaded lpqs and we'll get into what those are and why, why we're talking about them in just a minute but the but Steve and his team over at McCormick Group are always uh, keeping their fingers on the pulse of what's going on across the country, especially in some um, highly dynamic markets. I, I would call them. And uh, and so Steve, I know you had a couple of thoughts to share about what you're seeing, some intel about what's going on, and 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 maybe some some broader national implications. So you want to talk a little bit about what we're, what's right. going on in the market, right? Uh, overall, I think we're seeing the market being pretty similar to last year in terms of number of moves. The one thing we're seeing uh, overall is um, that the number of group moves have, have, have gone up significantly. And for example, in the DC market, which we track on a regular basis, there have been 31 group moves, two partner level attorneys or more, uh, 31 in the first six months compared to 22 last year. So um, in Texas, um, we've only been doing that since January, uh, and we're, and I've found some interesting things uh, with regard to that market. Number one, it's not as active as market as I thought it would be. You know, it's obviously people. A lot of firms are moving to Texas. A lot of the big firms are already here and have been here for years. Um, and you've got you know, four major metropolitan markets uh, that are included. Yet the total number of moves are not even half of the moves in D.C. And I know D.C. is is a market of its own. And I expected that would be more active than Texas, but not by this much. The other part, though, with regard to Texas, is that 
the number of group moves is very high. It's almost 25% of all lawyers that moved among the AMLA 200 in the uh, first six months were part of a group. Um, so that's interesting. And what's really interesting is that of the firms that um, that have lost lawyers, uh, members of the group, there's only one native Texas firm, you know, well-known Texas firm that's lost a group. And so most of this group moves are occurring among the interlopers, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Wilkie Farr or uh, Shepard Mullen or uh, Joe, uh, Joe, even Jones Day. I mean, they're all, they're all either gaining lawyers or they're losing lawyers, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, that, that is, that is interesting. I think if we had done this snapshot, Five years ago, you may have seen something a little different. Oh, the 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 legacy firms in Texas were hemorrhaging lawyers, and I can speak from from you know from very very firsthand experience on that. Um, and I, I do find it interesting that the the dynamism in the the in the market in Texas are the lawyers moving out of the what you were calling the interlopers. Um, and I wonder, and you know, we, this is just speculation, but we know that. We knew we were tracking when I was at Haynes Boone. We were tracking the 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 um the, the moves just like you are, and there were a lot of guarantees that were being made, uh, reimbursement or, or rather compensation uh, guarantees, and maybe some of those guarantees are are running out. There were two three right. year guarantees, so um, we'll keep an eye on all these yeah. markets, and we'll hear more, you know, as 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 time goes on, um, and um. Uh, but it is a it is interesting what's what's been going on in uh, in the, the Texas market. That's that's for sure. Um, okay, uh, let's get right into it. So <clears throat> recently, the uh, National Association of uh, Legal uh, Search Consultants uh, released a uh, what they're calling a, a, a kind of a uniform LPQ ULPQ to add a to add a, a, a another an extra. A letter onto it um and uh and it's a it's, it's kind of an interesting proposition and it's a good thing to for us i think to talk about in the context of steve's rules so steve could you explain quickly what and what an lpq is uh and because it may go by different names at different firms but every firm has one at least every sizable firm has one. Most, most firms yeah most firms have them um yeah so it's a uh... It is a, a questionnaire that firms um, ask all of their lateral candidates to fill out, uh, which includes, you know, basic biographical information for those uh, attorneys who don't have resumes, which are there are many who don't. Um, it has uh, information about the the statistics of their practice, uh, you know, uh, hours worked, uh, you know. Bills collected on your own time, uh, your originations, realization rate, all of the statistics that you have. And then the third part is the due diligence questions, which are basically yes or no questions. You know, how often have you be beaten your wife type questions? Um, and um, of course, that's not a yes or no. That's, you know, <laughs> multiple. But. Uh, but seriously, that's more questions about, you know, things, you know, have you been sued by a client? Have you had your insurance uh, uh, canceled? Have you uh, 
uh, you know, been arrested? Have you been charged in any sort of sexual harassment? All of those questions are in there, in those. And so there, most of the firms have it. The problem has been that the, the, the questions vary wildly and the definitions even vary wildly. And it's caused a lot of frustration among the recruiting community, particularly us as outside recruiters, but also for the candidates. If they, they're looking at four firms, all of a sudden, they've got four different questionnaires are asking for four different types of information. And it is very time consuming for people who, you know, bill, you know, 45 hours a week or thereabouts. So um, I, I think that's the, the genesis of this is, can we do something to make these things more uniform? Yeah. And, you know, I served for a, a couple of years on the firm's strategic uh, growth committee, uh, my last firm, and uh, looked at a lot of LPQs and also basically every every new lateral partner that was coming in. I had to personally work with with them and their 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 business development manager to get a plan put together. So we would spend some time digging through the LPQs, and um, they are they are onerous. They are long. Um, they're it's it's kind of hard to decipher them sometimes about what you're hearing in there. Uh, and and <clears throat> what we tried to do was to ask the kinds of questions that we could use third party data sources to at least validate um and it worked out it didn't i don't think it ever created a situation in which we passed on a lateral who had gotten to the point where they were being considered by the by the strategic growth committee um but it did it did open up some some discussion uh, uh with them so and i think i think everybody as you said would be thrilled if we could sort of crack this nut so what is 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 NALSC cracking the nut? I mean, what are they what are they trying to to solve here? Right. So they they are trying to come up with uh, a group of questions that you know that most firms would agree on. Um, uh, so um, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty good model um, in terms of what they've asked for. Um, the problem is that is that I don't think firms are going to adopt it. I don't think there's going to be kind of like what's happened in the associate recruiting area where there are standard forms through now. I don't think firms are going to let uh, uh, change their uh, uh, their particular LPQs much at all based on this. Um, and I've talked to several recruiters who have basically said, uh, we're not changing. On the other hand, I think that there may be some ability to change some questions um, and to make it so that you get you can tweak your uh, your your particular LPQ to make it uh, easier for the the candidates to fill out um I think the biggest weakness in this uniform LPQ is that they really they didn't come to an agreement on some key issues in terms of you know things like, originations versus billing attorney numbers. So a lot of times you're really trying to figure out not just uh, what the originations are in a particular firm, but who's really supervising the work? Who's really responsible for the work? That's important. Uh, it's important both um, in terms of 
showing that somebody is uh, is regarded as a practice leader or somebody who can handle a client. Um, but it's also important to show that maybe you're you're willing to take on work for the good of the firm. Uh, I know that sometimes you know, when you get into LPQs, the problem is that that, that kind of uh, attribute is discounted. Uh, but un nonetheless, th there should be a better definition of that. But more importantly, uh, they basically punted on the concept of realization. Yeah. I don't want to get so too that, much in the, yeah. reads on that, in the weeds on that, but <clears throat> the concept is that you can is what are you talking about? Are you talking about your original standard rate that you like that's published that you don't charge any of your clients? And you, so if you collect all of what you charge, but it's three quarters of your actual standard billing rate, is that 75% realization? To me, that's, that's not. Um, but some firms look at it that way. Some firms look at it more like, okay, what were you going to charge your client? And then what did you have to write off before you sent the bill? Right. Or <clears throat> similarly, you sent you sent them the bill and they've come back and they say, no, we don't agree to these charges, resend the bill. So again, uh those are those can uh uh create totally different realization rates. And yet another group of firms just look at what you sent out, what the final bill you sent out, and what you collect. That's your just, you know, your collection realization. So all of that is out there. Firms view it different ways, and the um, uh, and what the uh, search consultants organization did was say, is let, uh, we want your realization rate, and then define how your firm actually right. computes it. And to be honest, the problem with that is, I would say seventy five percent of all law firm partners don't even know how their firm. Uh, yeah. Computer yeah, that's that's I think that's that you put your finger on something really important right there. And and, you know, understanding the true realization on on a billable hour um, is, you know, as, as firms are getting more and more focused on profitability, you know, we're, we're 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 thankfully starting to move away from discussions of revenues and more discussion about what is profitable work. Um, <clears throat> understanding realization is, is, is key. And yet I think it's just, it's a, it's a, as you said, it's, a, it's a moving, it's a moving target. Um, and, uh, and I think that, um, you know, there's, if you have to ask somebody what amounts to a yes or no question and then put, you know, explanation at the, as you know, an explanation field right after it, you're already, that's already telling you that, that it's almost an impossible question to answer. So, uh, you know, I think from my perspective and from somebody who's had to consume the data and try to make sense of the data on, you know, on the inside of the firm, I feel like, you know, the, the what if, if the, that, you know, an LASC, you know, what they, what they issued, um, great, you know, fantastic, but it's not any shorter. In fact, in fact, I would say it's probably longer than many firms have for their LPQs. I mean, in my view, I think I think if if we could make these things shorter and simpler, and focus on you know sort of the key elements and and you know, I think of them as starting points. I think there's other things that that are much more important, oftentimes. Um, and they even have. I mean, I've even seen that you know some of these poor candidates meet 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different partners during the during the process, and then the partners are asked for their 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 take on this candidate. And you know, it's it's you know, it, it's that uh, like the Dick Clark, you know, oh, it's got a nice beat, I can dance to it. He seemed like a nice guy. I bet we could work together. You know that. You know, <laughs> that would be that's the sum total of the answer. So maybe right. you can talk a little bit about sort of yeah. where you think the, the key. Well, what I, are the I, key yeah, considerations? I th- I agree with you with regard to uh, uh, the the fact that it's just a starting point, and right. the more you look at that, the more effective they can be because uh, the even the most complex LPQ you could put together are not going to answer the really critical questions that you need to ask them. Yeah. which is like for your if you start uh disclosing your portable clients so well you kind of know things like how long have you been serving that client who else within the firm does work for your for that client i mean you can ask those questions but it's going to get really long um I, I think that the way that most firms should go and i think this is where you could come up with a uniform lpq which is a an initial lpq which is really the basics which is again biography, the key, the key numbers, client, you know, key clients, because conflicts is really important. You want to get those out of the way first. You don't want to go to the end and yeah, find a right. conflict. It's happened to me on multiple occasions. So let's get a good initial LPQ. And then then you can either do a second secondary one or just bring it out in your interview process. So I, I think that's the way to go. And for all of for anybody who's interested, um, we have a uniform short form LPQ that we use, and we use with our our candidates, so huh. we can get a key information up front uh, from the candidate, so we can start this process. And then when we get the LPQ, well, we got it half done. Yeah, yeah, I, and and if if you're interested in getting that from Steve, um, just shoot him a quick uh, email. We'll have it. We'll, we'll have his email tagged in the description of this this particular um, <clears throat> session for sure. Um, Steve, something you and I talked about uh, when we were preparing uh, and thinking about about LPQs and evaluating evaluating candidates was um, you know do the basic economics work, um, and you know that, that's a that that's a question that that seems to either not get asked or get gets asked in like the eleventh hour, and feels feels to me that it should be answered earlier. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what what kind of economics work and what kind of economics don't. And I know that you know that's one of those. It depends, but broadly speaking, how does that work? All right. Well, um, of course, every firms look at it differently. Right. And, um, you know, you usually evaluate both the uh, collections uh, on on individual time and the overall originations. Um, and again, it's more complex. But um, the the what is complicating this a little bit is um, is that now under some of the new salary disclosure rules. Uh, mm. I know that a number of firms do not even ask for compensation information. Mm. Uh, some do. So it's a split. And in fact, the uniform LPQ does not ask for it because, again, some states it applies. Yeah. Some states it doesn't. But many firms have just decided because it's too hard to try to distinguish between markets that they're not going to ask. Um, and so that makes it hard because it's I mean, it's a function of what that person makes. And 
uh, and I think I've said this before, but one of the one of the problems which the LPQ actually exacerbates is that there's no credit, very little credit given to a partner who is doing important key work for other partners or firm clients. So you're you're a valuable partner. You're the expert on, let's say, some important area within corporate, and you're the go-to person, and you're getting this work, and you're not originating the work, but you're key. Well, does that translate? It should translate to another firm that could use you, but the LPQ doesn't get at that at all. Right. That's a great point. And I think of I think of, and, and you know, certainly there are there are practitioners other who originate in these areas. But I think of, you know, tax benefits, uh, executive compensation, really, you know, sort of cornerstone key elements to, especially on the corporate side. But right. they're usual; those are usually support practices, but they're right. key. They're absolutely key. Right. And in Washington, uh, to add to that, you've got certain other pra- FERC practice now. Yeah, very much of a support practice. You know, sometimes people control those clients, but sometimes those are corporate clients that are uh, right. you know, that are you know have important due diligence uh, issues that are going to come up where you know your FERC person is the key person. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I mean FERC was always one of those those question marks for for my former firm, and you know having a having a FERC person or not having a FERC person often was the difference between getting certain kinds of work. And right. that FERC person certainly wasn't going to originate that work. That work was originating with clients who needed that FERC representation. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and, and why, why is that person with the, this, this incredibly deep, valuable inform- knowledge of FERC or employee benefits, why are they, you know, not as sought after as, you know, as the partners who are supposedly originating all this business? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, Stephen. I'm getting a little dry here with this uh, with this dry weather. Um, so, what do you think the impact is going to be on the NL NAL NALSC? It's a lot. Um, uh, NALSC's efforts um, here. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, as I referred to before, I think some firms are going to take a hard look at their they'll mm-hmm. take a hard look at this hard look at their own and say, can we improve it? They're not going to, they're not going to adopt this. As I said, I don't think we're, that there's going to be any kind of uniform adoption at all, but I think it will help some firms make some important changes to their LPQ, um, which, you know, which will be a benefit to, to everybody. And then I think it does the recruiting community, the recruiters and the candidates may, may benefit because Perhaps when you're in the early stages of um, representing a candidate who's thinking of mul- looking at multiple firms, the recruiter can send him the uniform LPQ and ask him or her to fill it out. And that way, maybe you can then take that information and apply it to the other LPQs. That might be a little different. And I can tell you, we do that all the time. We get mm-hmm. we get one LPQ, get it done, and then we use that as the basics for the other ones. But we still have to go back to the candidate and ask him a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen a, a situation in which a, a, a sought-after candidate has refused to or given a de minimis response on an LPQ? Yes. 
I mean, definitely, so it's they usually won't refuse to fill it out entirely, but they will not answer particular questions that they don't feel like they either don't have the information. And remember, one of the issues is uh, unless you're keeping the information that your firm gives you every month, you really can't go back and ask for, oh, yeah, I want my billings for the last two years. <laughs> a little bit of a hint. That, now that's you know, a red maybe, flag. <laughs> Yeah. So so they don't have the information. And and yet some of the information is uh, a client identification is always an issue. If you're a white collar criminal lawyer, um, you know, you really I mean, I think there are some ethical exceptions, but you really want to be very careful about that. So so for many good reasons, people don't fill it out. And of course, for, you know, other reasons, people might not fill it out, but it definitely yeah. comes up. And you know, if the, if the firm perceives the, the lateral is really important, significant, and will be profitable, they'll overlook it. Yeah, yeah, and I know that that if you're a if you're coming out of government and you don't have a book of business, there are some other considerations that are that are that are entered into that uh, uh, I wouldn't say obviate the need for LPQ, but they certainly uh, certainly augment it. We're not going to expect somebody who's been in one of the federal uh, agencies for the last 10 years to come out with a book of business that's ready to go. Right. But they, they but they, they got to have a valid <clears throat> and viable and colorable business plan. I think that's where they go. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, this has been a quick uh, conversation. I, I, I've learned a lot and I think our, our audience will, uh, will, will take away some wisdom from this hopefully and how they're able to, um, uh, evaluate the candidates because in the end this is what this is all about and we haven't talked about it in this and maybe we'll do it in another another uh, another session but really talking about the idea of fit and and what that means because you can have all the business in the world but if you don't get along if you don't if, if you and that firm or you and those partners aren't a fit aren't aren't somehow able to to find some commonality it's, it's going to be an unhappy experience for everybody. We can talk about that another, at another time. Um, anything else you wanted to hit before we uh, jump off the LPQ topic? No, I think we've covered it uh, maybe okay. too much. So hopefully uh, people will get something out of it. Sure. Absolutely. All right, Steve, always a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Murray.